word, may it inspire, may it equip, may it strengthen us and all those who are hearing on the podcast and joining us via Zoom, Father, and those who will hear in the future your word. May it go forth and accomplish all that you desire for it to accomplish. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. So today we're, we're beginning a new message, continuation of the series, Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, the Shalakim, the Sent Ones, chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. But you know what's amazing about God's word? Man has put chapter and verse. God did not ordain that first. But you know what? God's not offended that we have chapter and verses because it helps us find out where we are. Because I have to tell you, the Hebrew mindset was this. Very few people had God's word written down on parchment. Who could afford it? And Alan has shared this many, many times before. He said that only the, those who had access to the Torah scrolls were able to actually literally read and hold the word of God. But so then our people learned what? By hearing the reading of God's word. And what did they do? They began to memorize the books written in the Tanakh as a whole. Think how their, their minds were stretched. Think now at, at the time that we now live. We may be walking here in the near future a time when the governments of every nation bans the Bible and bans God's word going forth on radio and television and around the whole world. We need to expand our minds on meditating on scripture. There are people in our congregation that you've seen during the service who would demonstrate this. Quoting scripture by memory. Because know this, that just that as the person that we're going to be reading about today, Rav Shaul, he was not carrying around with him Scrolls. There's mention of parchments, okay? When he speaks to Timothy, he says, bring my coat, bring the blankets, bring the parchments. Where was he at that time? He was in prison. So Rav Shaul learned as a young man, he was to meditate on the word of God and hide it in his heart. So today, we're going to back up here a little bit. As I mentioned earlier, that Acts, the book of Acts, later chapters and verses were added. So for us to fully understand and get a, a greater understanding here, we're going to go ahead and we're going to back up here a little bit to Acts 21, verse 26. But we will go, go forward today. So what is the time in the setting? Remember, Rav Shaul left the area there, he had met with the Ephesian elders and he had gone from there and he got on a boat and he went from there and he landed to Tyre and then he went on to Caesarea and then he went forward 
And so he's on the journey. Why was he going? Why was he going to Jerusalem? To celebrate Shavuot. Think of the significance of that. That was the giving of the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. What was also that significance? Later in Jerusalem, the Ruach, Yeshua instructed his disciples, Talmudim, who were at that time 120, they met in that upper room and what happened? But the spirit of the living God was poured out upon them. They prophesied, they spoke in other languages, they did all these things. But it wasn't about the tongues and the prophecy. It was about God's spirit being poured out in his Jewish people. They were then equipped and anointed to go forth and proclaim the kingdom of God. So think about that significance here. Think about right now, in that day, there are millions of Jewish people from around the world who had traveled to celebrate Shavuot. But here, Rav Shaul is not only celebrating Shavuot in the original, but he's well aware of what, what has happened and taken place during the time of Pentecost. See, he was added later to the body of Messiah. He said this, I am a Shalakim, an apostle born out of time. But he saw Yeshua face to face. He had the revelation of him. And so I give that as a backdrop to where we're starting today. Think about that. There are millions of men and women and children from around the diaspora that have filled the city of Jerusalem for an appointed time to meet with Adonai. And when you see that as a backdrop and have the Hebrew mindset of what's going on here, it has even greater significance. Let us begin. Acts chapter 1, verse and 26, the next day, Shaul took the men and he purified himself along with them. And he entered the temple to give notice of what the period of purification would be finished. And the offering would have been made for each of them. Seven days were almost up when some unbelieving Jews from the providence of Asia saw him in the temple. And they stirred up all the crowd and grabbed him. Men of Israel, help, they shouted. This is the man who goes everywhere teaching everyone things against the people and against Torah and against this place. And now he's brought some Gentiles into the temple and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen Trometheus from Ephesus in the city with him and assumed that Shaul had brought him into the temple. While this whole city was now aroused, the people came running from all over. They seized Shaul and dragged him out of the temple. And at once the gates were shut. But while they were attempting to kill him, word reached the commander of the Roman battalion that all Jerusalem was now in turmoil. Immediately he took the officers and the soldiers and charged down upon them. And as soon as they saw the commander, they quit beating Shaul. Then the commander came up and arrested him and ordered him to be tied up with two chains. He asked, who is he and what has he done? 
everyone in the crowd shouted something different. So since he couldn't find out what had happened because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought to the barracks. When Shaul got to the steps, he actually had to be carried by the soldiers because the mob was so wild. The crowd kept following and screaming, kill him. As Shaul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commander, is it all right if I say something to you? The commander said, you know Greek? Say, aren't you that Egyptian who tried to start a revolution a while back and led 4,000 armed terrorists out into the desert? Shaul said, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of an important city. And I ask your permission now to let me speak to the people. Having received permission, Shaul stood on the steps and motioned with his hands to the people. When they finally became still, he addressed them in Hebrew. Think of that picture. Here's a man that's not able to walk. They did not take the chains off of him. And he's motioning with his hand the best that he can. He's been bound. Remember the prophecy of Agav? Just prior in the earlier part of Acts chapter 21. He walked up to Shaul when he would gather with them in Caesarea. And he took his belt off. And he bound his own hands and feet. And he said, this is what's about to happen. The man who wears this belt shall be bound and he shall be taken and he shall be delivered to the Gentiles. Think about that prophetic word. Now let us continue in the scripture. And here is his address. Acts chapter 22, verse 1. Brothers and fathers, listen to me as I make my defense before you. Now think about this. He's now looking into the faces of Yaakov. He's able to pick out his Messianic Jewish brothers in the crowd. But he also sees those members of the Sanhedrin who he knows intimately. For he was once a member of the Sanhedrin. He sees them and he sees himself as he was, with a veil over his eyes, not seeing or recognizing Messiah Yeshua for who he is. How quick are we to forget that he, it was him, Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, who received uh, letters from the high priests, the Kohen Haggadol, to go to Damascus, and to arrest anyone who is a follower of the way. This is many years later. And we don't hear Rav Shaul in fear or trembling for what the Romans can do to him or what the Sanhedrin can do to him. But he looks at these men 
both those who are believers in Messiah as he is, still obeying and following and being observant in the Torah, and he's being equipped and strengthened by the spirit of the living God. Brothers and fathers, listen to me as I make my defense before you now. When they heard him speaking in Hebrew, they all settled down more. Think about that. He was speaking their language, which they all knew. He was no longer speaking Greek. Some of those that were close by probably heard him speaking in Greek. But here he's speaking to them in Hebrew. Verse 3, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city and trained at the feet of Gamiel and every detail of the Torah of our forefathers. I was a zealot for God, as all of you are today. Notice that he does not separate the Messianic Jewish believers from those who still have the veil over their eyes. I persecuted to death. We got to hear that a second time. I persecuted to death. The followers of this way. What way is he speaking of? The way that Yeshua spoke when he was here. When he proclaimed the Father's kingdom is now here for any who will hear it and receive it. The way, the truth, and the life. Notice he's not speaking here of another covenant. Well, these are sons of Abraham, so surely they don't have to receive Yeshua as their Messiah. No, he's proclaimed the way the truth, and the life as only through Yeshua for both Jew and Greek and everyone on this earth. Let's continue here. I persecuted to death the followers of this way, arresting them, both men and women, and throwing them into prison. The Kohen Haggadah, the high priest, and the whole Sanhedrin can also testify to this. Think about their faces right now. The shock look. That's right. We were the ones that sent him out. We were there when he held our coats and we stoned Stephen to death. And he was with us at that time. Continuing here. I persecuted death, the followers of this way, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. The Kohen Haggadol and the whole Sanhedrin can also testify to this indeed. After receiving letters from them to their colleagues in Damascus, I was on my way there in order to arrest the ones in that city too and to bring them back to Jerusalem for what? For commendation? For punishment. He's testifying to them, those that have the veil over their eyes, can you imagine Yaakov and the other brothers that are there? Because they were to be there celebrating Shavuot also, as it was the Lord's appointed times. Can you imagine how they were praying in their spirit and saying, God, now give. 
Rav Shaul the exact words he needs to share as he's bearing witness. Later on, as we dig into this message at another time, we will look at, the, at, at Rav Shaul prior to the time where he was standing there with his teeth clenched and hating every word that was coming forth from Stephen's mouth. But if it says of Stephen at that time, as they were gathering stones and throwing them to him, and he was proclaiming the kingdom, that he began to shine bright. A light came from his face. But in the scripture, there's no light coming from Rav Shaul. That's all right. Let's go forward here. Verse 6. As I was traveling, approaching Damascus around noon, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed all around me. Think about those who are standing there. Both those who had the veil over their eyes and those who have had the veil removed. And remembering the scriptures that spoke about Adonai coming and revealing his presence to their forefathers in years past as recorded in the Tanakh. Let's continue here. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Shaul, Shaul, why do you keep persecuting me? Has there ever been any time in all the Tanakh? Because remember, Matthew through the rest of the book has not been completed yet. Where Adonai said from the heavens, to one of his children, why are you persecuting me? I've never read it. Let's continue here. I answered, sir, who are you? When a Jew sees a light come from heaven, he inquires whether that's of the Lord or not. Remember Moses? And he sees in the distance a burning bush. Can you imagine all the scripture that's flooding the hearts and souls of both those Jews who have the veil over their eyes and those Jewish men who have it removed. And they have the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of living God dwelling within them and bringing scripture upon scripture to memory. Let's continue here. I answered, sir, who are you? I am Yeshua from Nazareth. He said to him. Remember this. Rav Shul has a veil over his eyes at this time. He did not recognize Yeshua or any of his followers of God. They were leading the people astray and denying the Tanakh and the teachings of our fathers. But here... Undeniably, who was the only one who could bear witness to who he was to Rav Shaul? Think of the people that you know in your life whose hearts are so hard that you would believe that God cannot save them and redeem them and reveal his truth to them. Here's such a man as that who believed in the depth of his soul that he was honoring Adonai with his whole heart and the wayward sheep, he would go forward and, and bring them 
and have them punish so that they would repent and turn from their evil ways. This very name Yeshua, who he priorly did not even believe in, this individual that he believed, as most other Jews at that time, who had the veil over their eyes, that his disciples had simply come and stole his body, that he never rose from the dead. This is testimony right here from Rav Shaul that Yeshua is alive and he rose from the dead. Let's continue here. So very, very much. I am Yeshua from Nazareth, he said to me, and you are persecuting me a second time. Remember when Kepha was told before the cross, the cock crows, you will deny me three times? Let's continue here. He said to me, you're persecuting me. Those who were with me did see the light. Notice that. Those that, that were sent with, with me, my companions, they saw the light, but they didn't hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. I said, what should I do, Lord? Wait a second, did you hear what he just said? What am I to do, Adonai? Wait a moment. Was he not there sent from the high priest with papers to go after and find any followers of the way and bring them back to be thrown into prison, to be punished and even to the point of death? And now he's calling him Adonai. He's calling him Lord. This is his own words. Let's continue here. And the Lord... We can say, and Adonai said to me, get up and go to Damascus, and there you will be told of everything that has been laid out for you to do. See, he believed with his whole heart, with confirmation, and the blessing of the high priest of Israel that he was doing what God desired for him to do. Out of the zeal of his own heart, through his own mind, his earthly wisdom, he believed that he was honoring God, but he was not. God desires when we get off the path of holy, righteous living to draw us back. And he will even use himself at times to bring us back and speak to us. Because he desires not to lose us to Hasatan. Can you imagine what the Brit Hadashah would be today if Rav Shaul did not receive that revelation? Would it still be written? Yes, but through another or maybe others. Let's continue here. Get up and go into Damascus and there where you will be told everything that has been laid out for you to do. I've been blinded by the brightness of the light, so my companions led me by the hand to Damascus. And a man named Hananiah, an observant Jew, a follower of Torah, who was highly regarded by the entire Jewish community there, came to see me. And he stood by me and he said, Brother Shaul, 
And we'll go into more detail later because Hananiah wasn't really ready to do it as we get in the earlier parts of the book of Acts because he knew that this very one would be the one that could seize him and drag him in chains back to Jerusalem to be thrown into prison, to be taken out stoned or simply left in prison to die of starvation. This was all possible. So a man named Hananiah, an observant Jew of the Torah who was highly regarded by the entire Jewish community there came to me and stood by me. And think about this. When he says his name, there are probably people that are in this crowd from the Sanhedrin that know him. They know all about him. Let's go forward here. And he came to me and stood by me and said, Brother Shaul, see again. And at that very moment, I recovered my sight and I saw him. And he said, the God of our fathers have determined in advance that you should know his will. See, he truly believed that he was fulfilling the father's will. Had he not received endorsement from the high priests? Going on. Verse 14, he said, the God of our fathers. That's a key word. Many times we overlook what that means. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Determined in advance that you should know his will and see what? The Zadik. The righteous one. Who is the righteous one? But Yeshua himself, the represent of the Father. And hear his voice. Whose voice was Rav Shaul listening to before? His own, the voice of the high priest and the Sanhedrin. But whose voice did he need to hear going forward? But the voice of the righteous one, who is Yeshua. We're going to end the message right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord.